We're so happy today to have with us uh, evangelist Chris Green. What a great evangelist we have today. We're so happy that he is with us. Amen. But he's like that turtle on the fence post, you know. He didn't get here by himself. We got Sister uh, Danielle Green and their little boy Levi. Where are they at? Are they here? They're over there. Where's Levi at? I want him to come up here. I want to show Levi off to everybody. Come up here, Levi. Man, this is a cute boy right here. Come here, Levi. Come here to Uncle David. He still got his offering right there. Man, I love this guy. Is this not the cutest kid you've ever seen right here in your whole life? How you doing, buddy? Right now he's thinking, how do I get one of those microphones he's got? Amen. We love this family. God bless them. They're a beautiful family that committed themselves to preaching the gospel and being a voice of revival for their generation. And uh, they preach in Australia, all over the world. We've been in Malawi together, in Bangladesh. Not you and me, but me and your dad. And uh, we've had so much fun. I'm so thankful for this beautiful family. And we're delighted that they are here at First Pentecostal Church. Would you make evangelist Chris Green, Levi, and Sister Green feel welcome at First Pentecostal. We love you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Somebody praise them together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, we bless your holy name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to turn to the book of St. Luke, chapter 6. Amen. It's always an honor to be here at the Pentecostal Church of Palm Bay. I believe uh, we've, we were here when Levi was... I don't know, as, as big as a, these, these ladies always post, you know, that are pregnant, they post, now he's the size of a grapefruit, or he's the size of a, whatever, a bowling ball, you know, or something, I don't know. He was one of those sizes, and, and uh, I remember she was sitting over here, and, and uh, I remember this is the service, this is the church where she, she started feeling him kick in this church, and uh, you've been a mother, you know that feeling, but, but uh, I said, well, this is the right church to feel that in. Because there's a lot of people kicking up in this place. I think God is kicking a little bit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If, you, uh, if your neighbor falls asleep, you just kick them. Amen. Just kick them away. We give honor to your pastor. Uh, they are dear friends. And I told my wife last night we, we consider them family. And, uh, and uh, we truly appreciate them. And uh, I told them last night, you know, I love them because... They have a balanced life. We, we pray hard and then we play hard and, and uh, we have a good time together. And uh, aren't you thankful to have a pastor that knows how to pray hard, a family that knows how to play hard? Amen. I don't believe in going through life without having a little bit of fun. Amen. And you can have fun in the Holy Ghost. It's a lot more fun having, having fun in the Holy Ghost than it is in the world. Somebody say amen. Amen. Luke chapter 6, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Luke chapter 6 and verse 6. The Bible says, And it came to pass on another Sabbath that Jesus, he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. Everybody say withered. withered. The scribes and Pharisees watched 
him. They watched Jesus, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that he might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts, and he, he said to the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. And Jesus, he said to them, I'll ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said to the man, stretch forth thy hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored. Everybody say restored. Restored, restored whole as the other. I want to preach today with the help of the Lord, like a turtle on a fence post. I want to preach reaching for restoration. Reaching for restoration. There's going to be an outpouring of restoration that happens in this service today. And if you believe that, if you want that, would you go ahead and reach for him right now with an uplifted hand and an uplifted voice? Would you open your heart and your spirit to him right now, Lord? We prepare a place for you to move how you want to move and speak what you want to speak. This is your house, so you do whatever it is that you want to do. We are just guests at your table today, God. Feed us the mighty word of God that we will be all changed and transformed by the renewing of our mind. Would you give him a great clapping ovation, a great, a great praise and worship to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. Clap your hands with all of your might in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody say it, amen. 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 He may be seated. The monitors sound good already. If you've got any more, give it all to me. Help me out. I already preached today, so. So I'm just getting a double portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are you thankful to be a part of an apostolic church? This church is, is not foreign, foreign to testimonies of miracles. This church is not foreign to the demonstration of miracles happening right here at this altar. How many of you, you know that you are a part of a church that, that doesn't just hear about miracles. This church has many evangelists and missionaries and, and uh, you have missionaries right here in this church that travel out all the time, so to speak, that see and hear of miracles and they come back and share the videos and the, the, the photos and the testimonies of miracles that happen. You're not foreign to hearing them, but even better than that, you're not foreign to seeing the miracles happen. Amen? Somebody say amen. amen. Aren't you excited that you come to church knowing that I am a part of a miracle church, that, that I'm not just going to hear a message or sing a song or be entertained or impressed. I'm not going to church just to, just to, to pay my tithes or my offering. I am going to church where we have miracles on a weekly basis. That is something to be excited about, to be thankful about in this day. And if you're not thankful, uh, just, just sneak over to another church once in a while or maybe just once, really, and you'll see you're, you're thankful. You will be so much more thankful to be in a church like this. There's probably many people here today that have been to other churches and not disparaging other churches, but I've heard so many times in apostolic churches where they come and they say, man, I have never felt anything like this in all of my life. And just had a lady who was... Um, in her uh, later 60s, which is very old to me, you know, I'm only 30 and 31, something like that. And, and uh, she was just at the Pamers Church just last week in Ohio. And she came for the first time and, 
And she said, I've been raised in church. I've gone to church my whole life. But she said, I have never felt anything like this. She was standing at the altar telling me this. Her name is Sue. She said, I've never felt anything like this in all of my life. She said, but I want to receive what you were just talking about. And we began to pray for her. And Sue started speaking in tongues as God filled her with the Holy Ghost. But I'll go ahead and say this, that every miracle has a common denominator. Whether you're in Africa or Bangladesh or Australia or anywhere in the world, every miracle and every de uh, demonstration, I'll say it like this, every time you see the results of God's power, it has a common thread, a common denominator within itself. And that, that common denominator is simply this, a response of faith to the word of God. I'm just giving you a little surface level, simple sermon today. So, so take your scuba gear off. We're not going deep sea diving today in the word. I'm just here to give you just a simple word of faith. Amen. Every miracle, whether it's a man or woman, a child, it does not matter who or where it is. It's all linked together with a response I can tell you what will or what won't happen if you don't respond nothing many people walk home from church the same way they came simply because there was no response to the word of God Going back to last week, uh, Brother Pamer on Sunday afternoon between morning service and night service, he had me speak to their Spanish service, a daughter work of their church. And he had told me, he gave me some inside info as we were headed to church, that Spanish service. And he said, I want to let you know these people are crazy. They're going to dance and sing and shout and get with you. And he said, there will be people there needing to receive the Holy Ghost. He said, but there will also be three teenagers sitting on the back row. And they're going to give you a hard time. He said, they're going to be texting. They're going to be talking. They're going to be laughing. He said, don't be afraid to get very direct with them. I said, that's all I need to hear. And, and I began to preach. And during the worship service, in fact, they just sat there carrying on doing their own business. So we were worshiping God and singing and dancing and jumping and shouting and carrying on about, you know, and, and during the preaching, I didn't even preach long. These people were so crazy. They just shouted me down and preached about 12 or 13 minutes, except for these three teenagers that sat on the back pew, just kind of twiddling their thumbs and texting and sharing pictures back and forth, laughing and carrying on. And, and uh, I, I kept my cool, you know, I didn't call them out until the very end when when I gave the altar call and I said, how many of you need the Holy Ghost? I want you to come up to receive the Holy Ghost. And 10 or 11 of them came and they stood at the altar. And, and those teenagers just sat in the back texting and laughing and carrying on and didn't care about the service. And I said, I want all the church. I want you to begin to invite somebody to the altar right now. I want you to watch me and how it works. This is how you invite somebody to the altar. And I went up to those three teenagers and I said, hey, I want you to come to the altar with me right now. Right now, God's going to give you the Holy Ghost. And they said, no. I said, are you sure? I, I want you to come be my guest at the altar. God's going to give you the Holy Ghost. And they looked at each other and laughed and just shook their head and said, no. I said, okay, church, this is a learning point right here. I said, I want you to see what it looks like of someone that will not receive anything from God today. 
When you say no and you say it's not good for me, it's not convenient for me, and you do not respond, I want you to see what it looks like of somebody that will not receive God's mercy or grace or power today. But I want you to look up at this altar. There's 11 people that have responded. First time guests, first time visitors, long time members that are standing at this altar who each of them will receive the gift of the Holy Holy Ghost simply because they responded by faith to the word of God and when we prayed would you believe it that all 11 of them received the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues My message is very clear and simple this morning. If you want anything from God, all you've got to do is respond to what God is saying to you. Somebody say amen. See, we are an apostolic church. And let me tell you about what kind of church we are. I'm speaking to the elder saints, to the first-time guests. You are in a church that, number one, believes in the infallible word of God. This word has no mistakes. This word has no confusion. This word has no contradiction. This is the word of God without fallacy, without problem, without blemish, without error, without typo. This is the infallible word of God that is forever settled in heaven. And I'll take that a step forward. It's forever settled at this church. As long as this church is alive and well before the coming of the Lord, this church will not change its stance and belief on the Word of God. We believe that there is one God, that hero Israel, the Lord, our God, is one. We believe that He came in flesh and they called His name Jesus. They said of Him, this is Emmanuel, God with us. We believe that he died, he rose, he poured out his spirit, that if we want to see heaven, we must be born again of the water and of the spirit, and neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. not even my point but there was just a surge of faith that entered the room when we began to talk about the power of the word of God you you better believe it there is everlasting power there is healing there is deliverance in the word the word of God that got us here 
is the same word of God that's going to take us forward. The same word that's filled this room is the same word that's going to fill a bigger room. The same word that saved the drug addicts in this room is the same word that's going to save the drug addicts out there. The same word that pulls you out of darkness into his marvelous light is that same word that's going to do it for this world. Clap your hands with faith. Hallelujah. So, case in point, we believe in the word of God. Why you ask? Because it's the reason why we are here today. But it's not the only reason, Pastor Myers. We believe in the preached word of God. The spoken word of God. I'm not talking about just me being a preacher, pastor. Pre- I'm talking about everybody speaking the word, the spoken. See, this, this Bible by itself, it's powerful. If it was on a shelf collecting dust, it would still have more power than any other book in this world. It is powerful all to itself. If you get up in the morning and sit in your recliner drinking your coffee and you read the word of God in your mind, it still has the power to liberate and set free, enlighten and transform and bring illumination and revelation. It has power all to itself. But God never intended it to be a stagnant, silent word. That's why 1 Corinthians 1 says that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. In that faith. Everybody say faith. Faith comes to you by hearing and hearing the word of God. What does that mean, preacher? It means that even though I read a passage of scripture that 99% of us have heard, Luke chapter 6, verse 6, about the man with the withered hand, the very moment that you bring the ink out of the pages, it could be Acts 2.38, it could be Acts 4.12, it could be any of the scriptures that I've heard a million times, but the moment somebody begins to activate that word and put it into motion and put it in my hearing, I could say, my God, I've heard it a million times. But there's something about this every time I hear it. There is an electricity, a charge in my spirit. But really, what separates us from every other church or denomination or religious fellowship or whatever you want to call it is the response to the word of God. Because watch, the word never changes. Whether you put it in a Muslim's hand, an atheist's hand, the devil's hand, the word stays the same. It is a constant variable. It does not change. The power of the word does not change. So then what, preacher? What is the difference? Because I've been other places and there's other places that have this same Bible but don't have the same results. What is the difference? I'm so glad you asked. The omnipotence of God is released through His words and the results are revealed through 
response. You see, we have great church here. I wish I could come here all the time. And, and we have great, a great building and great facilities and, and a great campus and, and great leadership. And, and I was talking to pastor about all this new stuff you got. It looks good. I love renovation. It means we're moving forward. It means we're progressing. It means that we're not just staying still. And, and you, you know, you'll have to change the carpet, change the paint, change the pews. And, and we change a lot of this stuff. You see, we change a lot of this stuff. But you see, the, the, the word of God never never changes but but what separates us I'll go back to this again is that we respond to this word everything you see here today the three or four songs the the, the announcements the offering the even the preaching right now it's all a setup I'm setting you up right now. Brother Myers, I've had people say, well, you know, when you preach, you ought not preach for a response. Who are you preaching to? The cemetery? You know, you really don't need to preach for, to get a reaction from the audience. Well, my God, what are you preaching for? I'm not up here wasting my time to put you to sleep and sing you a lullaby and let you suck your thumb. I'm up here delivering what thus saith the Lord so that you will respond and see what God wants to do in your life. I better put y'all on notice. I'm preaching for a response. When pastor preaches, he preaches for a response because it's through the response that we see the results of God's power. Somebody say respond. Punch your neighbor and say, wake up. You go back to the beginning. I might preach from Genesis to Revelation. This is second service. We got three hours. We got till six o'clock tonight. Just buckle your seatbelt. You go back to the beginning and the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. Everybody say void. void. So that word means empty. God was dealing with a, a void situation. In the same manner he was dealing with a void situation in Luke chapter 6, the man with the withered hand. Here's God facing a dilemma where it says the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Here's a withered situation. God's been dealing with this stuff a long time. Your sickness isn't new to God. Your withered family ain't new to God. Your void life ain't new to God. Your darkness ain't new to God. In the beginning... He dealt with the situation that was void. And so God had to contemplate if he did. He probably didn't contemplate. But in my head, he had to think, now how am I going to fix this situation? And if you go to Isaiah 55 verse 10, the Bible speaks that, that God tells us, he shows, he points to creation to reveal his power of omnipotence he says the rain and the snow come down put that up there for me verse 10 the rain and the snow come down everybody say the rain, the rain. 
Say the snow. snow. Y'all hadn't seen no snow yet. Y'all in Florida. Everybody's freaking out. It gets 60 degrees. People think, oh my God, where's my parka? I've been in Alaska and Ohio the last two weeks and God has delivered me from the clutches of the frigid air. He speaks of creation. He says, as the rain and the snow come down from the heavens, this is the new King James, and stay on the ground to water the earth, they cause grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Verse 11, it is the same with my word. He said, just like I send rain to a crop field and the rain brings life and vegetation and fruit, so is my word. I send it out. Watch this. And it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it the King James says it like this I send my word out and it will not come back to me void it will not return empty it will not return dark it will not Your diagnosis says terminal. Here goes my word. Life. 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 When it comes back to me, it says life. 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 Your diagnosis says disease. My word says deliverance. Your diagnosis says cancer. My word says healing. And when I send it out, it does what I want it to do. It never... It never returns void to me. Somebody just wave a hand to God. Somebody just thank him for his word. You see, you've got to get the revelation of his word. You've got a withered situation in your home. You need to start speaking the word. You've got a withered job. Speak the word. You've got somebody that needs to be saved. Speak the word. It cannot come back void. Yeah, Jesus. I told him this morning, I said, why do you think Brother Robinette, every time he comes, uh, he makes you before you sit down tell five or ten people, you're getting the Holy Ghost today. Uh, you're speaking in tongues today. Uh, you will be healed today. Uh, you will be baptized today. He told me, he said, because what they don't realize, uh, they are speaking that word. Uh, they are sowing that word of faith. Uh, and what they don't realize uh, is that the moment the word is spoken, uh, game is over. Uh, time is up. Uh, devil might as well let go now. Uh, the word. Can I go forward? So he looks at a void, withered situation. And he says, what do I do? I don't have no elders. I don't have no oil to pour on them. I got my oil. I got my spirit. I got, oh, I got a word. That's right. He said, so the Bible says that he spoke four words.
words. Four words. That's all. Four. Can you imagine me preaching four words? Y'all would like that. Yeah, get that buffet a lot faster. Beat the Baptist to the buffet. Just preach four words. Come on. Four words. I've preached four hours and not gotten one amen before. God speaks four words and gets a whole universe. He says, let there be light. Now, we have some smart dudes. I'm not one of them. I'm very simple-minded. I'm from Texas, you know. I'm doing my best just not to talk like this. I'm just fighting it, you know. And uh, we've got these smart men and women, astronomers and astrophysicists. And I can't hardly even say that without speaking in tongues, you know. And they're smart. And they've got the Hubble Space Telescope and all these great telescopes out in orbit. These telescopes aren't even on the Earth. The planet, they're up in orbit. They, one of their theories with one of these telescopes, they said, with this telescope, we're going to be able to find the end of the universe. Oh, almost broke that. Brand new. There goes my offering. Get Levi back up here. Levi did it. I've told that white lie to my wife a few times. Yeah, Levi was throwing the ball in the house. That's why that vase broke, babe. I don't know. You smell something in the car. Levi did it, babe. I don't know. Never mind. Y'all don't know. Sorry. We'll get it later. And these guys and these women, they thought... Yeah, we're going to find the end of the universe. We want to know how big it is. We want to measure its circumference and radius and diameter. We want to see where this thing ends. And up to this point, uh, the best conclusion that these men and women can give us is we can't find the end of it. Uh, They said this thing is still going. uh, And what's crazy is that it's speeding up. Uh, It's getting faster. Uh, It's not slowing down. Uh, It's not showing any signs of stopping. Uh, It's going. Uh, It's growing. Uh, It's expanding. While they scratch their head in disbelief, I raise my hand in belief, saying I know exactly why it's still going, because there is a God that spoke four words, let there be light, and all the creation said, yes sir, we've got to go, and to this day, God has yet to say, stop the light, turn it off, slow it down. I'm bringing it to you. I'm bringing it right where you live. And watch this. Nobody can understand it. Where did it all begin? And where is it all going? Before this thing is all over, we're going to have the same astrophysicists and scientists. They're going to be studying our churches, saying, Pastor, where did this thing begin? And where is it going? There's so many. There's so much. Where is it all going? Let's try to find the end of this thing. And they're going to conclude, there is no end to this thing. And someone's going to testify to them. You know why? It's because God showed up on a Sunday morning and said, let there be revival. Let there be healing. Let there be salvation. Let there be deliverance. And there was a church, an apostolic church, that responded to the word of the Lord.
somebody just take a minute and lift up a hand and say, God, I'll respond. I may not have an ounce of faith, but I don't need faith to respond. I don't need, uh, I don't need revelation to, under, to respond. All I need is an ounce of desire that says, God, I want what you have for me. that's why every service we have an opportunity for people to step out I may not have understood that sermon I may not know a lot about God but there's something drawing me and I've got to I've got, I've got to respond see I'm not going to go into this now we're about there but God made everything in this universe with his voice except for us he created humanity with his hands and the interesting thing to me pastor is that we go on vacations we take time off and we leave our homes and we drive across the nation or fly across the world to look at things that god created with his voice and we call it heaven on earth paradise Woo! but when's the last time you got a tent and a sleeping bag and you pitched your tent and got your sleeping bag and campfire and you sat in front of somebody and you said, Woo! Heaven on earth. <laughs> we paid thousands of dollars, took time off work to come look at you. Wow. <laughs> now, my wife and I, we have a really, really fun hobby. We like to go people watching. We travel for a living and airports are some of the best places to people watch. I can tell because of your response, you have the same hobby. But never do we go people watching because it's so beautiful. Perfect. Heaven on earth. No. Sadly, when you look in the news, you look at humanity from the beginning of time. Failure. You see weakness. You see addiction. You see anger and hatred and bitterness and depression and suicide and murder and rape and abortion. You see these things because God gave us a choice. When you look at the eagles soar and you look at the fish swim and you look at the wind begin to whistle and the waves begin to shout. It's all because it has an obligation to respond. When you take time off to go see the volcanoes and the mountains and the ocean, you're looking at things that are simply responders to the word of God. 
And so God, in his infinite wisdom, he says, look at nature and how it responds to my word. He says, I wonder what humanity would look like if they would get rid of the hesitation and rid of the friction and rid of the convenience and rid of their reputation and dignity. And they simply said, yes, yes, yes. I would to God uh, that every apostolic uh, would make up their mind. In 2018, God, there are no maybes in this year. There are no what-ifs this year. There are no could-have-beens this year. There is simply, yes, I will go. Yes, I will pray. Yes, I will preach. Yes. Oh, I feel like God's going to release such a sovereign word in this place in the next few moments. Uh, there's going to be a let there be light moment in this service. Uh, there's going to be a let there be healing moment in this service. Uh, there's going to be a let there be rejoicing. Uh, let there be revival. Let there be restoration. Uh, let there be renewal. Uh, let there be harvest. Uh, there's going to be that moment in the next few seconds. Jesus, God in flesh, steps to the pulpit of the synagogue to preach. And all of a sudden he says, wait a second, I can't preach. I've got critics in front of me and I've got a man with a withered hand in front of me. See, he said, I can't preach this sermon. I've got a need to deal with. The critics were saying, hey, what's what the critics were saying? They said, let's go to church and see if this guy will heal on the Sabbath day. Now you find it interesting because they didn't say, let us see if this guy can heal. They said, let's go see if he will heal on the Sabbath day. Jeff Arnold once said that it's time that the Christians believe in Jesus as much as his critics believe in Jesus. The critics said, we know he can heal. Let's go see if he'll heal. That's a good excuse to go to church right there. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, wait a second. I got a man in this place with a need. He didn't care about the critics. He only asked him one question and didn't give him a chance to respond. He said, I don't care about you accusers and you critics. That just sit there with your arms folded. You don't respond. You don't obey. You don't have faith. You just come because you don't want the visitor follow-up team to call you next week wondering where you were. I'm looking for a need. There's a man in this room with a withered hand. Luke, the doctor, said it's, it's his right hand, Jesus. He had a, a right hand that was withered. and So Jesus began to speak to him. and He said, hey! you yeah you I'm talking to you buddy stand up all of a sudden knees shaking he stood up and th probably thought what am I doing standing up I'm about to blow my cover I've never stood up in church before but there's something different about his voice never heard a man talk like this and he stood up and Jesus said okay now that I see you have desire Go ahead and come here. Come stand in my presence. And slowly and timidly, but with desperation, 
He began to walk down that aisle. I believe he was hiding that hand, embarrassed and ashamed of what had happened to his hand. He could no longer feed his family because of his withered hand. He could no longer provide for his wife and his home. He could no longer work like he used to work. His identity had been stolen from him. His reputation had been robbed from him. And here he comes with a withered hand. You see, it's always deeper than what it looks like on the surface. And he comes up to the altar and Jesus in his infinite wisdom and power He remembers what he did in the beginning when he spoke a four-word sermon and said, Let there be light. He remembered what happened on that day and here he's standing with a man who had a withered hand. And so he reached back to some of his old sermons and he spoke a four-word sermon into that man's life. Put it on the screen. He said, Stretch forth your hand. Four words. Now, I preached 35 minutes about those four words. I'm going to preach the next 30 seconds on the next four words. And he... And he did so. We can preach for hours about the first four words. Stretch forth your hand. Let there be light. His power never changes. It's infinite. It's omnipotent. He's got all power. And we hear it every week. His word of God is forever settled in heaven. But the question of the service is, what's the next four words? And he did so. And he did so every miracle from God hangs on those four words and everybody that's ever left a service without something from God it was because there was no four words of response and she did so and they did so and he did so but I've got great news for you we are in an apostolic church today and we don't just believe in the word we don't just believe in the preached word we believe in a response of faith to the word of God. Just stand to your feet. Woo! Just for a second, I want you to lift up your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost right now. There's something beginning to move. Now, we're going to come in just a second. I want you to watch. It does not say his hand was touched. It does not say his hand was healed. It says his hand was restored. Everybody say restored. I found three simple definitions of restoration to restore. And those are, number one, to bring back to life that which has died. Some of you have had some things die in your 2018 or prior. Some of you, your joy has died. Your anointing has died. Your calling has died. Your prayer life has died. Your faith has died. There's a restoration for you today. 
Secondly, it says to repair or return something. Watch this. That's been broken to its original condition. He didn't say, hey, withered hand man, I'm going to touch you so that the pain is gone. He said, no, it's going to go back to its original condition. Some of you have been touched of God. You've been raped, molested, abused. You've been through situations and God has touched you and given you joy. But he says, no, that anxiety is still there. That bitterness is still there. You're still harboring those bad feelings. He said, I want to return you back to the original condition. Some of you that have been entangled with lust and pornography, he says, I want to take your mind back to a day that it was before it ever saw those images. I want to restore it back to its original condition. And number three, it says to give something that's been stolen back to its original owner. Situations and circumstances of life have stolen certain things from you and you said God I'm sick and tired of living without that joy I'm sick and tired of not having a calling or an anointing anymore I'm sick and tired of going through this life without this covenant and prayer life with you God it's been stolen from me I want it back God and today God says this is your day this is your service this is your service this is your hour this is your moment I'm going to give back to you everything that's been stolen from you the years that have been stolen away from you I'm going to give it back I'm going to give it back I paid the price for it the devil does not own it I'm going to give it back to you I'm going to take it from him and I'm going to give it back to you I feel the Holy Ghost rising up in this place. He Under the sound of my voice, everybody is going to respond to this service. Not just to my preaching or the music, but to the Word of God. Everybody is going to respond. Everybody is going to receive. So I want right now, at the count of three, everybody is going to respond. You're going to step out. You're going to come to this altar. You're going to walk these pews, whatever you got to do to respond. Here we go. And when God sees you beginning to respond without hesitation, without fear, there is going to be an outpouring of restoration in this service. One, two, three. Somebody respond by faith. Come to this altar. Respond by faith as fast as you can. By the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name Jesus, I release the restoring power of your love in this room. I release the restoring power of your virtue into this service. Now, now, look at this. This looks awesome. 
This looks like a response to me. This looks like a response to God right now. So this is what we're going to do. Two things. That's it. Two things. Number one, if you have never received the gift of God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, like the Bible says, I want you to raise a hand. I'm looking over here. There's at least two hands up over here. I'm looking here. There's another hand, another hand, another hand. Raise your hand if you've never received the infilling. You've been touched, but you've never received it on the inside. Raise a hand. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Uh, there's another hand, another hand, another hand. Amen. I want you all to take two steps back right here in the middle. And I want everyone that just raised your hand, I want you to come as fast as you can. Respond as fast as you can right here at this altar. And we're going to begin to pray for you in the next few seconds. And God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Now listen. As they're coming, there's at least 12 to 15 of them that are coming. I want you to come as quickly as you can. There's a lady up against the wall. I'm inviting you to come quickly. Someone bring her, invite her. See, this is the church. I want, if you have the Holy Ghost and you know there's someone near you that does not have the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, I want you to invite them right now. Go right now. Invite them. Turn to somebody that you know doesn't have it in the back, in the middle, on the sides. Invite somebody. Come on. All you have to do is say, hey, God wants to fill you with his spirit. Would you come with me? And I want you to line up right here. Y'all help them right here. Line up right here. There's plenty of room right over here. Come quickly. Come quickly. Thank you for coming. Amen. Come stand right here. Thank you for coming. This lady's already being touched of the Holy Ghost. We're going to lay hands on her and she's going to speak in tongues. In Jesus' name. Now you listen, if you did not come forward, but you want the Holy Ghost in the next few seconds, when we begin to pray, every one of us is going to lift up our hands. Listen, look right here at this preacher, every one of you and everybody in this room, we're going to receive the Holy Spirit and we're going to begin to speak new sounds. The Bible calls it speaking in other tongues. Your tongue is going to begin to shake. God's going to take control over that tongue as you give him your voice of shout, your voice of praise. He's going to start speaking in, in other sounds and other tongues in your mouth. It's going to happen in the next few seconds. Every one of you. And if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, we have warm, clean, fresh water. We have clean robes so that you can change into our robes so you don't have to get your clothes wet uh, we have towels and changing rooms uh, and God will wash away all of your sins uh, it doesn't matter how young or old you are how many sins you've committed uh, there's a brother right over here with the gold necklace you want to receive the Holy Ghost I'm inviting you to come today yes I'm inviting you to come to receive the Holy Ghost in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name now if you've never been baptized, having all of your sins washed away, do not leave this service. You just stand right here. Do not leave this service until you allow us to baptize you in the name of Jesus. Pastor, this has nothing to do with the membership of this church or tithing or offering or anything about that. This has to do with the role that's called up yonder. When you're baptized and filled with the Spirit, the Bible says you are born again. And Jesus said, that's when you can enter into my kingdom. No one needs to leave this service without the assurance of your salvation. So now, church, we have something for you. And that's the step two of our instruction. In the next few seconds, we're going to lift up our hands. 
And what we're going to do when we lift up our hands is we're going to say, God, there's a withered situation in my life. Some of you have a withered marriage right now, a withered life, a withered job, a withered finance, a withered child. You have withered joy, anointing. You're going to say, God, I'm tired of that life. I, I need a fresh touch of restoration today. And when I say in the name of Jesus, every hand is going to be lifted up immediately. And that's going to be a sign of faith that says, God, I'm giving you my withered hand. I'm giving you my withered life. I'm giving you my withered past. I'm giving you my withered marriage. Whatever your withered situation is, you're going to say, God, this thing has died. It's void. It's empty. It's dark. But I give it to you. And the Bible says that when he stretched forth his hand, Jesus didn't pray for him. He didn't prophesy to him. The moment he put his withered situation into the presence of God, boom, it was restored whole as the other how many of you believe that God is going to do some restoration in this service right now every one of you that needs the Holy Ghost when I say in Jesus name you're going to lift up both of your hands and immediately begin to shout as loud as you can hallelujah and while you're shouting God's going to fill you on the inside with his spirit you're going to begin speaking in other tongues as God gives the utterance if you're ready I want you to shout yes come on shout yes Everybody close your eyes. I want you to get ready to throw up those hands and get ready to give him that withered hand. Uh, I want you to think for a second. What is it, God? Uh, what am I going to give you today? Uh, what are you going to heal today? Uh, what are you going to restore today in the name of Jesus? Uh, here it comes. Uh, here it comes. Uh, by the authority of the word of God, uh, by the power of your holy name, uh, I release the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I release the gift of faith uh, for everyone in this room uh, to be restored and filled with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Now, 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 now pray in the Holy Ghost. Speak in other tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Speak with other tongues. Everyone, speak in other tongues. Everyone, speak in other tongues.
one more time into whatever your situation is I don't want you to ask for it I don't want you to pray about it I want you to use your words of faith right now speak that word sow that word of faith in the name of Jesus my my children are saved my family is saved my body is healed come on every believer lift up your voice don't look at me don't watch me lift up your voice and speak the word of faith in the name of Jesus Christ. 